0: This is Ashley Kalsh, and you are listening to Life Coaching for Modern Renegades, episode number 36. Welcome to Modern Renegades podcast. This is a life coaching podcast for the person who wants to learn how to lose themselves in the moment, not life circumstances. Each week, we will explore mental and spiritual practices that will inspire you to ask, seek, and heal. They are for the modern renegade. They are for you. Renegades. Oh, y'all, how are you? You know, since the pandemic hit, you have heard me literally processing my brain on my podcast. I have shared with you each week where I've been emotionally throughout all of it. Now, some life coaches and praise tiny baby Jesus for this have been able to maintain a mindset of I've got you. I will see you through this and we are going to be great. I've needed those voices of encouragement, truly. Because my brain, its thinking, and emotional software doesn't operate the same way. Now, I'm not saying one is more right or wrong than the other. I'm just stating for the record, I've been airing my emotions in real time, in my experience, and my ride, in real time. And I'm really glad that I have, because I know that I'm not alone in a lot of these emotional experiences along the way. And many of you have reached out saying that you too have had anger and anxiety when I delivered an episode on manifestation and feeling good, I mean, y'all went crazy. Optimism became a word that we all adopted. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I want us to stop for just a minute and look back, take a beat, and let's just see how far we have come emotionally in the last six months. I think I speak for a lot of us when I say we have evolved, Renegades. We truly have. This week, I heard someone say they want things to go back to normal, and I was like, whoa, hey, no, no fucking way, not me. My brain and body have finally regulated and reached a place of homeostasis, if you will. I've normalized. My brain's no longer seizing up every five minutes. I can breathe. I can work. I've processed wave after wave of emotion, painful, messy, scary emotions, and I'm here feeling grateful for the experience and the person I've become, what I've learned about the world and myself, what I'm capable of. This is something I think we can each take time to recognize and give ourselves a high five for. When you're worrying about this fall and what's to come and homeschooling and your relationships, I really want you to remind yourself, you are prepared. You're flexible. Changing is a skill you are mastering. We are in this. We are doing it. And look how much we have done. So like whether or not you see it and all the work, and maybe you're still buried in it, I want you to know you're making progress. We're all moving forward. Unfortunately, our brains just aren't designed to see all the good that we're doing, to give us props, compliment our efforts. If you examine your brain and what it has to say about you, you'd likely admit, well, at least I would, mine's kind of an asshole. It only ever lets you know how awful you are. How much cellulite you have, how the job wasn't done well enough, Ah, oh, how you shouldn't have said that thing! You drink too much, you know you could have done more. How rotten this world really is! Why can't you skip dessert for once? You know your marriage sucks. Why aren't you more like them? You should make more money, and on and on and on. It just reminds you of all your problems, all the things gone wrong. The human brain is wired to think, disempowering thoughts. The human brain, your brain is designed to think and show up the same way it always does, regardless of what is going on in the world. I've been thinking about this in the way that the human brain thinks, the way that I show up in the world. And like I've stopped and I paused and I wondered for a moment as I looked at the way that I think, if I were to leave a legacy behind of my thinking, a legacy of my thoughts, what would that look like? Like, think about this. At the end of your life, when you look back and you left behind your thinking for the world to have, (laughs) would you be pleased? Would you be impressed? How would you feel about that? Would you want to share it with the world? (laughs) I'm laughing because I know when I evaluated this for myself, I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. I'm like a People magazine. (laughs) This question, maybe the answer I wanted for the question, sent me down a rabbit hole this week what would I need to do to completely change the way I think, to change my reactions, my patterns, my feelings, my behaviors? Because I was like, this is, this is the way you're interpreting and responding to the world. <laughs> Come on. So like, what, what could one do? What does one need to think? How do you change all of this? And so when I say rabbit hole, I just, you know, I want you to picture Alice in Wonderland when she's like falling and you see that spiral. I didn't have the little tiny psychedelic nibbles. To assist me in this process this time, I've been asking a lot of questions. I've been having a lot of conversations. I was wishing I was eating psychedelics, but instead I was consuming a massive amount of content and taking a lot of notes. Because the thing is, you guys, it takes a pretty traumatic event for our brains to change when you think about the architecture of your wiring. And if you look around at the people in your world and the world that we're living in, and it has been I think for most of us, a shock to our systems, definitely awakening, right? For tens of millions and millions, our belief systems have been shattered. There's been some crazy, crazy things that have happened to who we are and the way that we think. But I want to challenge the core of who you were before is who you are now. So what I'm saying is the problems you had before, the way you viewed those problems hasn't really changed. Not to sound totally arrogant, I can actually say that because I've done my research and it's facts, my friends, unlike our thinking. So I want you to stay with me to the end because I'm going to show you how you are in operation body-mind-memory mode, why that's happening like that, how it's affecting your decision making, be it with your job, your love interest, and how to get out of it while also giving you some clarity Around the, when you know, you know. This is another amazing renegade's guide to survival, my friends. All right, so let's party. Okay, first things first, brains. What we have learned about the human brain is that 90% of the day, we are lost in thought, in our subconscious thinking. And 95% of that thinking is spent mulling over our pasts, reliving our stories, or just thinking negatively. You're doing it right now. You're judging yourself for the thinking you have and how embarrassing it might be, how you've never really thought about your thoughts. I want you to come back. Stay with me. If we're spending 95% of our day thinking, thinking about the past and the negative thoughts, then we're not conscious or present in the moment. We're operating on autopilot. You want to know what's really fucked up about autopilot? That was predetermined by the time you were seven years old. Yes, this habitual way of being. It turns out that our brains are in what is called a theta state, meaning hypnotic state. And it absorbs the people and the environment around you to form your beliefs and behavior. And there is literally no way around it. You are your parents and their parents and the way they responded to your family members or their boss or your siblings and to you. This is how you respond. So think of your brain like an operating system. In the first seven years of life, your brain is in this theta mode, the hypnotic state, just absorbing everything around. It's downloading software, thoughts, ideas, feelings, programming who and how you show up in this world. Your brain memorized these feelings that you commonly experience, be it good or bad, stored them as familiar in your basal ganglia, which I just like to say the words. So basal ganglia, little mass in your brain, and it just rinses and repeats and runs the software because it's familiar and it knows that you're used to this. And so it wants you to continue to experience it. Your brain downloaded the feelings that came with the thinking, and the thoughts that you kept thinking became the beliefs. Your body and mind run off the memory of the software. You keep thinking and feeling the same way, showing up in the world. And though the circumstances, the people, and the places, and the things, they change, your thinking and feelings about those things don't change. We are creatures, literally, of habit. Obviously, as you get older, your brain enters a state of consciousness. But the software is downloaded. And so you are forming your opinions from this predetermined state of mind. Now, the final lesson about your brain that I'm teaching you today is this our brains don't want to be conscious and instead efficient, which is why it downloads anything that you repeat so it can save energy, which is totally cool. But not really, because this means we're not paying attention. We are, again, lost in thought 95% of the day running off a software program, just cruising along, but here's the kick in the dick. 95% of that thinking is spent negatively feeling in the past. We only spend 5% of our life thinking consciously, with and on purpose. 5%. Do you know what this means? We have a shared universal problem, renegades. Not the pandemic. No. Our shared problem, this universal problem, is our thinking, which personally, I'm really embracing the idea that we're in the struggle together. (laughs) I was kind of relieved to know that this is just the way the brain works, just the way all of them are. Kind of makes me think we got a little bit of our work cut out for us. If you think about the way the human brain is programmed, it's really no wonder we feel at war with ourselves sometimes. I don't mean just the negative thinking and the negative byproduct that that offers, in life, but when you find yourself making the decisions and they don't feel right to you, and then you do them anyway, I don't think it's a coincidence that we see such a high rate of divorce or career change and college dropouts, what have you. When I look back at my 20s, I was literally doing what I thought I was supposed to do. By the time I was in my early 30s and twice divorced, wondering what was wrong with me, I figured out shortly after, like, I didn't actually ever wanna do those things. I don't even know if I believed in marriage or if I do, but there was so much shame from that cognitive dissonance of battling my pre-programming combined with poor coping mechanisms from, yes, you guessed it, pre-programming. And that just led me down a path of destruction, which is super rad for all of us now that I'm 40 because I can guide all of the modern renegades home and save you all some time and heartache. So here's what your work is for this week. And this is just part one, because I do have some good news in a second, I promise. I want you to start watching your thoughts just in one area. I practiced it with relationships when I started doing thought work a couple years ago. But you can do this with body, money, work, parents, it doesn't matter. Just start to see your thinking, how it makes you feel and behave, and the results that you continue to get. I want you to be brutally honest with yourself. Each day, Drain your brain of all the thoughts, as I say every time, put them on paper. And if you can't just pick one area, dump all the thoughts out and then go back in a week after and just like kind of go through and see and reread, you'll pick up on a theme and then ask yourself, where else am I showing up in life like this? When did this thinking start? Why do I think this way? Does this thinking serve me? can I change it? How? What would I rather think about? What would I need to know to change my thinking? What's the feeling I get? How long have I felt this way? If I could change the way I felt, would I? What's stopping me from feeling this new feeling? Believe me when I tell you that addressing this micro topic in your life and this thinking, it will have a macro effect. The objective of this work is to identify your limited beliefs and programs that are disempowering to you. And then I want you to ask yourself, am I creating the life I want or the one I was programmed to have? And start creating. This is where things get fun. You see, our conscious mind is our creative mind. We access it through our prefrontal cortex the prefrontal cortex our modern brain is where our desires and our wishes and the capacity to manifest the life we want is this is the problem solving part of our brain why we are not taking up residency here renegades i do not know when i think of my prefrontal cortex i imagine going there i'm like it's so posh it's so chic and luxurious and cool Living in our preconditioned program quarters makes you think you can't afford to go there. You're just not good enough. They'll know you're a fraud. Lies, lies, lies. It's high time we override this old software program. I mean, we might even consider an all-new operating system because the software we want to run might be too advanced. Now that we're waking up, you have to know that your brain is going to want to default to this OG software. It's just the way it is. One of the three ways to change and update the software to change your way of thinking is to create new neural pathways, aka neuroplasticity, which is by repetition. You have to repeat new thoughts and behaviors over and over again. You have to practice thinking and believing in a new way. The fake it till you make it, this is what we're doing. Another way is listening to theta music or doing hypnosis. So, now that I've got you all thinking you're totally unoriginal and wondering if you've ever made a decision for yourself and questioning your identity, I would now like to inform you on a super fucking cool thing that happens when your essential self, your real you, not the social self we've been discussing, says, Hey, do this, go here. This is for you. These are the decisions that you've made that seemed maybe kind of crazy and out of nowhere at the time, but. You went with it, and this thinking and this decision-making is called The Urge to Merge. So first of all, the name. I mean, obviously, how could I not share something like The Urge to Merge? Second, it's so juicy. Let me just tell you, this is from Martha Beck, who I've been talking about recently. She says, there is a response that the essential self may create when it wants you to move closer to your North Star, a.k.a. home, It's an intense, almost chemical reaction that comes out of nowhere and makes some person, place, or thing so attractive to you that for a while you can't think about much else. I think of the urge to merge as a physiological opposite of the fight or flight reaction. It creates a whole array of physical conditions that aren't under our conscious control. For example, when you're looking at something you find interesting and appealing, your pupils will dilate as though your eyes are trying to take in more of what you're seeing. Your pulse rate may quicken, but instead of panic, you feel a flood of euphoria and desire. I'm sure you already know how your body responds to flat-out lust, which is one of the strongest manifestations of the urge to merge. The urge to merge may indeed be the initial impulse that draws, say, two lovers together, but it isn't the same as a real relationship. It burns bright and very hot, but it doesn't last. It will pull you towards someone who can help you get on your true path, then disappear, leaving you to do the much less intoxicating work of long-term human interaction. It may also be directed at people you've barely met who would be totally unsuitable as romantic partners. This isn't just romantic, lusty, chemical romance feelings drawing you to a potential person or interest. The urge to merge can happen when you meet someone who maybe has a job that you find fascinating or has a long hidden desire that you've wanted to pursue. Are you feeling me on this, you guys? It could be you suddenly obsessed with a new hobby or activity. It's your essential self saying, hey, this, more of it, please. So finally, she says, you're more likely to experience these sensations when you're at a changing point, crisis, loss, transformation, and growth. Can you say pandemic 2020? (laughs) These things weaken the grip of the social self and they demand some quick decision-making for your essential self. The urge to merge is your essential self calling you home. Okay, so that all sounds amazing, right? Like give me a booster shot of that so I can find my way home. This chemical response, this urge to merge, this waking up, it's bringing you into consciousness and out of your subconscious slumber. But let's pause for a moment, shall we? How do we know if we're experiencing This urge to merge. How do we know it's not our brain and body operating from memory? It's sleepwalking state of operation. When I was telling my friend about the urge to merge and how it can be like a man crush, so to speak, like you see someone, their job and their life, and he was like, hey, did I ever tell you how I ended up becoming a pilot? So he tells me this story. He was like 10 years old, maybe 11. He was riding his bike out by a field when he saw a small plane land. And he was really intrigued. And so he rode his bike over to the plane. (laughs) And when he got there, there was a blanket out and this man and woman. And he made it clear this woman was beautiful. And they were having a picnic. The woman saw him and got up. And she started talking to him. And then the man came up and my friend asked the pilot if they would take him in the plane for a ride. The pilot at first was hesitant, but the woman talked him into it. It was only a two-seater plane, so my friend ends up sitting on the lap of the woman while the pilot takes him up, and he said that he flew them like he was doing all sorts of tricks, like flying super high, then diving low. I mean, can you imagine? My friend was losing his mind. Afterwards, the pilot asked him if he was serious about wanting to fly planes, and he said, yes, sir, and that man got his number, and that man called him the following weekend, and he took him under his wing, as they say. Signed him up for flying clubs. And I believe it was several years of a relationship where this guy was his mentor. And my friend saw him and the life he had. And all of the things, like if you really just take and just picture all of that, a lot of it was like he sees this plane land. He goes up on his bike. There's this beautiful woman. Then he's flying high. Like when I say like his mind was chemically exploding. And he knew. This is what I want. You guys, he's a fucking pilot now. (laughs) That is the urge to merge. To get to know your essential self, you want to spend some time exploring when you've had these experiences, these moments of complete passion, desire to pursue a hobby, a relationship, a goal, and ask yourself what qualities about my personality stand out? What characteristics do I notice about myself in those moments? In what ways was I thinking differently? How did I feel? What was my energy level like? What was I doing? How was I unstoppable? Get familiar and intimate with you when you had this urge to merge. There's no mistaken passion renegades. When you experience it, you know it, right? So like Joe Dispenza says, when you're living in survival, you're trying to control or force an outcome a result. That's just what our ego does. When living in an elevated emotion of creation, you feel so lifted, you would never try to analyze how or when a chosen destiny would arrive. You trust it would happen because you already experienced it in the mind, body, thought, and feeling. You know that because you feel connected to something greater. Take time to see the legacy of your thinking. Examine those thoughts. When you are conscious and present and then now you're not lost in your thought or that experience of the world around you. You just have to inquire, seek, and reveal, my friends. This is how we know the difference. This is how we wake up. All right, until next week. Love you. Renegades, thank you for tuning in this week. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know head on over to Apple Podcasts and show it with a five-star rating and review. You can also head on over to my website, ashleymkelsch.com, to sign up for my newsletter. Leave your questions or comments, and just connect with me directly. I look forward to hearing from you.